The Pokes Report podcast is sponsored by Stilly Barber Co. That's right. Downtown Barbershop is now Stilly Barber Co., still owned by Randall, giving out the best haircuts in town, still located at 609 South Main Street here in Stillwater. You can give them a call for an appointment, 405-269-8590. You can check them out on the web at stillybarber.co. Randall and Joe still giving out the best haircuts around. Regular haircuts, skin and razor fades. They obviously have beard care as well, beard trims, beard shaves. It's a wonderful blend of beard balm, beard oil, and just a little bit of steam. And of course, every service includes their hot towel and razor neck shave. It's the best place in town. And of course, Randall brings his dog in, Blue. Blue's a great dog. I love Blue. Be sure to check Stilly Barber Co. out at 609 South Main Street here in Stillwater. Just give them a call for an appointment, 405-269-8590, or you can check them out on the web at stillybarber.co. Welcome into the Pokes Report Podcast. Zach Lancaster here alongside Brian Murphy. We are recording in the Triple Play Sports Studios. Newly renovated. Station. Boy, I tell you. Yeah, this is fancy. Got the got the desks all changed around and tables moved around and new mics. Gonna get new chairs. Oh my gosh, I'm excited. I can't wait. You're gonna become high maintenance, Zach. I bet I am already <laughs> high maintenance. Just ask my wife. Uh, we got a fun show lined up. Busy show. Lots of stuffs happened uh, just within the last 24 hours. So Early July Fourth fireworks. Happened. Man, man, it's just insane. Like I'm supposed to be on vacation. How's that going? Yeah, uh, it was going fine. <laughs> Setting in my recline, and, and it's not. I'm not even going anywhere. I'm just staying home. Staycation. Yeah, I'm. I'm like doing yard work and kind of cleaning up the house a little bit, playing some video games. Uh, I just started watching Stranger Things. Okay. Uh, I put that off because I'm. I'm kind of weird. Like, I. I if something's massive, 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 like pop culturally. I don't know. I kind of stay away from it for as long as I can because right. I I think it's like overhyped. Stranger Things is is spectacular. Like, Pretty good. oh man, I I I'm glad I waited so long to watch it because I could just boom 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 right. watch till I and I think I don't know how much of season four is out or if all of season four is out because I think uh, Netflix got into the whole one a week kind of a thing, but all of season four may be out. But I'm like halfway through season three, I'm moving right along. It's good stuff. I did that with Yellowstone. Recently, uh, did that with Yellowstone. Did that with Sons of Anarchy. Oh, uh, Sons, yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, but you yeah, the, you and the Mayans? No, not at all. Really? No, I can't watch that with. I'm not going to sit here and even say that uh, Sons was the greatest acted show <laughs> by any stretch. <laughs> but you know, your first time through it and that pop culture, mm-hmm. you know, um, aspect of it that it was. I mean, it was just. Click the next one. Click the next yeah. one. You know, you just keep watching to the point where Netflix asks, "Are you still watching?" Yes, I am. Yeah, I haven't um, left my don't chair. Don't judge me. Um, I've but no, I don't know, man. Mine's like you know, I've I've played baseball. I've been in locker rooms. I've been all over. Like cussing doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. It's too much. Like in that one to me, and and I just really couldn't get into it. So yeah, I think it it, it did what some now, and I I really like mine. I think it's well done. I like the acting. Um, I like the aspect of like, you hate the Mayans in sons (laughs) and now you love the Mayans, you know, and you kind of hate the sons. Um, 
but the I will say that they did, and and we'll get to talking sports here. I know you don't want to listen to it's the summertime, okay? There's nothing going on. Uh, no, but I, I think what they did, what some shows have done, and they did it. I think they did it the right way, but I I still think they had success with Sons. They know what worked with Sons, so let's capitalize on that. Mm-hmm. There's some shows that's like season one, really good. Okay, well, this is kind of quirky, and that worked. It was unintended, but the quirkiness worked. So season two, we know the quirk. We're going to crank it, and it doesn't work. Mayans realize the edge, you know, the mm-hmm. drinking, and they there's aspects here, and there's aspects there. They're like, okay, sun's worked. We're going to turn the dial up a little bit. I don't yeah. think they went overboard on it, but there are aspects of Mayans that is like, eh, Right, I could probably do without that, but if we're going to stay on that type, just quickly, have you mm. seen Top Gun Maverick yet? Have you seen the new? Tell me, you've seen the first one first off. Uh, I I have seen the first one. Okay. I love the nostalgia factor. Okay, we rewatched it recently. Right, it is other like people love it. Yes. Right, it's and, a, you're, and you're sitting across from a guy who watched it. I've probably seen it a thousand times. So tread lightly. Here. It's a bad <laughs> movie. Like if you watch it, like it's it's kind of choppy. There's some spots that like they introduce something, and like if if it's a bad movie, like it's a really good movie because it's like you get action and you get these great actors and you, mm-hmm. like Iceman is probably the greatest name of all time, you know, and you get a great storyline. But like if you go back and you really try to critique it, it's not a good movie. Okay. So we watched it before. Gonna let you sit in the minority on that, but go on. No, it's uh, yeah. I mean, it's a great movie, but it's one of those like it's a. It's a bad cinematically. It's yeah, yeah. yeah it's I a, don't remember it being up for no picture. Like if you if you go back and watch it without your I love this movie so much, it's kind of a bad movie. Like poorly okay. put together, okay. but it's a great movie, right? All right. Top Gun Maverick, in all aspects, all categories, may be one of the greatest movies in the last twenty years. Maybe more than that. Yeah. Like well, c- cinematography was spectacular. Mm-hmm. The acting was good. The the action was good. The actors were good. The storylines were good. Like I and and I think and that it is a great movie. Like mm-hmm. every everything you see online, like everyone's like, this is probably the greatest action movie of the twenty first century. Right. And I've also been deprived, by the way, for four years. Yeah. And two, two and, and I wholeheartedly well, and that's what's insane. All these movies are like they filmed Elvis in twenty nineteen. They filmed this like in 2018, 2019. Mm-hmm. So like they've just been setting on him. But I, it, it is a great movie. All the reviews are accurate. Everything I'd heard about it is accurate. But it was it was really special to me. And I know it's the Navy, but I I remember I went uh, we went to the late movie. Uh, mm-hmm. la- I think we saw it last week. We well, we waited until last week to see it. We were one of four people. Me and my wife were two of four people. They were in the theaters, and. I just remember, like, I was emotional the whole time. Yeah. Because my grandfather flew in the Air Force for thirty some odd years, and he was a flight instructor. And um, one of the one of the best memories I have of him, uh, he was exposed to Agent Orange back in Vietnam, and you know, and he smoked like they all did, and and that's what he passed of complications from that. Sure. Um, but one of my best memories is we went down to Texas Motor Speedway. It was me, my dad, my brother, and my grandpa. And he was on oxygen, and, and this was about two or three years before he died, and he got a lot better after that. Um, he lived a really good life after uh, when we went down there. He was on oxygen, and uh, he couldn't walk that much, so we were pushing him in a wheelchair. And we went through the pits, and I got a picture with him, and um, it was, we were all like on the finish line, and we got a picture with Tony Stewart's car. I think it was Tony Stewart's last year racing and all that stuff. And um, 
we went through the pits and he was kind of tired so he was like would you mind taking me up to the concourse and we'll just sit and wait for your dad and brother who wanted to do driver introductions I was like yeah sure uh and so we go up there and he buys us a dove ice cream bar or whatever and we're i'm eating mine and he's eating his and he taps me on the shoulder and i turn around and he had rubbed chocolate all over his face he's like hey, do i have chocolate on my face <laughs> and then he made me get up and go get him a napkin to clean up his mess oh my god but um uh, when they did the Star Spangled Banner, um, you know, NASCAR, they always do flyovers. Mm-hmm. Well, we're, we're about 75, 80% through the, through the national anthem, and you can't see or hear airplanes. Right. And typically, you can see them from a ways off because, you know, you, oh, there, there they are. They're going to get here right about the time. You don't know where they are. Don't know where they are. We got to about 98, 99% through the national anthem, and they, did a, they had done a sneak attack from behind and right. as soon as like so you didn't hear him you didn't see him and as soon as they got over the grandstands they hit their afterburners and went like straight up yep scared the crap out <laughs> it was the loudest it was terrifying yeah. well he's struggling like he's holding on to my dad and he's holding on to me and he's because he serves so he's gonna stand for the national yeah, anthem is. as soon as those air like everyone like jumped and jerked down he didn't all he did was he just blasted his fist into the air and held it there. Oh man. Like let go of my dad and was just like right. greatest memory I have That's of him. So cool. God, it was awesome. So I just sat there for two and a half hours and was just like, Papa would love oh, yeah. this move. Like I was emotional the whole time. Yeah. It was awesome. God, it was so good. Oh, I thought that they if they were to uh to kind of put a bow on this, if they if they were to do a sequel of that movie, they nailed it. Absolutely. absolutely nailed it storyline i know people are you know the timeline of the no. kid and the age of, like whatever go great. away but they really did a great job of, of that and yeah i was emotional that was my favorite movie from like age three until 12 i bet i literally yeah. have watched that a thousand God, times it was so good and i i will say the like probably my best part the my favorite part of that is the fact that they were able to tie val kilmer into it yes and they tied his actual ailments into you know he, he, yep. it hurts to talk now and then right. he actually spoke and i'm just like, and, oh, and his line was his line was perfect about <sighs> who is the better yeah who is the better pilot don't ruin this it was so good, that was, that was oh, good. spoiler man. alert for oh, so good so good yeah val kilmer is in top gun everybody if you didn't <laughs> know uh yeah so so news breaks last night. You know, yesterday. I, I, I thought that's what this podcast was going to be about. You know, just kind of kind of shooting the crap. You know, hey, did you watch this movie? Did you watch this movie? Uh, we got Big Twelve Media Days in two weeks. Uh, Pokes report uh, announced on July, June thirtieth. So yesterday would be Thursday. Uh, we announced that uh, Xavier Benson is going to be our NIL player that's this gonna year. That's going to be so cool. It was yeah. awesome last year with Kudlewski. Yeah, uh, the articles that he would come out a little bit behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. He's no. going to, uh, Benson's going to start mid July. So either before or after big 12 media days. Uh, and I, he's going to be just like Goodlevsky. So he's going to do one a week. He'll have, uh, he'll have reports throughout fall camp and he'll have reports after every game and, and off games and his journey to Oklahoma state and all that. So really excited about that. But I thought that's what we were going to be talking about. You know, we were going to be talking about like predicting who we thought the players were going to be going to big 12 media days. You know, uh, what Brett Yormark is going to say, we got a new Big 12 commissioner. You know, we were going to talk about that, and I'm thinking, okay, it's going to be, you know, 35, 40 minutes. You know, we're just going to be kind of shooting the crap. Not, nothing much. And then Thursday rolls around, yeah. and USC and UCLA announced that they have intentions of leaving the Pac-12 to join the Big 10. And everyone's thinking, like, why? Like <laughs> They it, went the Big 10. You mean the ones that are up there in the uh, Iron Belt and um, the, three, the, the Rust Belt? I'm sorry. The, the three hours away in two different time zones? Yeah, that that Big 10? Okay, yeah. The one that, okay. have, the one that play in snow occasionally? Yeah. 
the the ones that play in you know New Jersey that that Big Ten yeah oh that's the one okay cool um, the big conference type conference that uh, Lincoln Riley was trying to get away from that they don't really throw the ball you know yeah. like it 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 financially it makes sense right can't, I can't wait for UCLA at Rutgers. Oh, what was that? Uh, oh my goodness! I think it went away. It, but it, it, the tweet, the best one was, uh, "I'm so excited for a four and seven UCLA to be playing a four and seven Michigan, trying to get bowl eligible, while Texas loses a game to to Vanderbilt." <laughs> you know, but and then it came out Thursday night that they had officially accepted invitations right. to the Big Ten. I believe that's going to take place in 2024. Uh, so they got two more seasons in the Pac-12, which kind of you, you don't really you don't you don't really are gonna you're not really gonna get college football the way you've known it right sure. so you've got the sec when when uh, ou and texas finally join the sec they're gonna have 16 teams they're a super conference they were already a super conference mm-hmm. by name and by talent but you're gonna have 16 teams they're gonna have a super conference you're going to have the Big Ten in two years. They're going to have 16 teams. So hopefully you get renamed. They're not going to be the Big Ten anymore. But there's 32 teams in those two conferences, and those two conferences are the, the conferences that pump out uh, playoff teams. What do, what, do, what do you rename that? The Like the new American Conference? The new Conference USA? Because American Conference is going to struggle to have a big presence. I think You it, can't go the Big 16, can you? I mean, no, you can't be the Northeast Conference in California. No. You can't do that. What do you rename that? I don't know. I guess you just leave it the Big Ten, you know. Well, I guess they're they're uh, the big conference because you know their logo is just big with big. the number one at big conference. Yeah, I don't know because you've got I, you could turn a B into a six, you know. Um, yeah, I don't know because you, those two conferences, thirty two teams, they very easily could just say, you know what, here's a middle finger to the NCAA. We've got 32 teams. And By the way, you meant the G, and that's actually pretty genius. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. The G. You meant, that's actually pretty smart. The, the G. I didn't even think about that, but yeah, you could make that. The, six, the into one, the, six into the G. The B1G. Yeah, there you B1 go. B1-6. Interesting. Big, the Big Ten. You heard it here first. Pokes report. Did you see the Did you see the graphic that was sent out yesterday of uh, Big t- uh, Big 12 schools? Uh, it wasn't all Big 12 schools, but it was like, this should be a, a podcast logo. Uh, I've, no. someone, someone messaged it to me so I can pull it up here pretty quick. Uh, you've got uh, Baylor, Texas Tech, Oregon, Cincinnati, and Kansas State, and it spells buttocks. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, great, but, but yeah, you actually I did see that. Yeah, that yeah. is really good. Yeah, but you've got you have two conferences now, the, effectively that have thirty-two teams, and they could just be like, you know what, NCAA, here's a middle finger. We're going to do whatever we want to do because seventy-five percent, if not more, of the playoff teams come from our two conferences anyway. We're going to have we're CFP. Don't don't matter anymore. We're doing our own thing. We're gonna have the Big Ten SEC conference championship. You know, we're gonna play for a national championship, and everyone else yep. do whatever you want. So for the longest time, uh, everybody has you know anybody's trying to do these re reconfigurations of conference realignments. Er, realignments. Yeah. Everything's geographical, right? That's out the window. Yeah. Um, well, it was kind of out the window. Brett Yormark's first call needs to be Clemson, Florida State, Miami. See, and that's we've what, already got Central Florida there, and that's what's going to be interesting because the ACC. I want to say their grant of rights is through like 36, 37, 35 or thirty seven. One of those 30, 20, 36 or whatever. So Clemson, like if you're Clemson, you're thinking like, oh my god, like we need we need college football to collapse. 
or we're going to, because the ACC is already drowning. What was, what was the alliance? What was that thing that just came out a couple? ACC, Big Ten, Pac-12. Did uh, USC and UCLA take that a little too literal? It, yeah, you would think. It was more of a, we're going to schedule each other for non-conference games. Oh, okay. Like It, it wasn't, it, and it was all gentlemen. It was all like handshake. I don't think there was anything written agreements. You know, no contracts were drawn up. It was a, uh, the SEC now has OU in Texas. They have all the good schools. So our three conferences are going to, you know, if we're going to schedule non-conference games, we're going to, you know, travel arrangements and stuff like that. Yeah. Like that was the alliance. Right. So if I'm the Big 12, the first thing I'm doing, if I'm Brett Yormark, because something that, that Robert had me put up was the top, we, we looked at it, and if you, you have 32 schools between the two conferences, so ideally you're thinking eight programs. Get each conference up to 20. But we went ahead and did 10, top 10 most attractive schools for a okay. super, a super mm-hmm. conference creation. The first and foremost is Clemson. They're basically a blue blood program. They make the most sense to join if they're able to get out of, if ACC lets them out of their grant of rights, which right now there's no way that happens. But I suppose that in the next 10 to, you know, five to 10 years, the ACC could drastically, drastically drop and they're, you know, they're hemorrhaging, hemorrhaging money. So they're like, if anyone wants to leave, you can get out, whatever. Clemson makes the most sense, right? They've won the most recent national championship. Um, yeah, they have that incredibly strict grant of rights. Um, but if they didn't have that, they'd already be in the SEC. So that makes the most sense. And I've, I've read through the comments of this this article, which I, I don't like to read through the comments, but there's people <laughs> that are like, I know that we're OSU fans, but Oklahoma State is not the second most attractive school on this list. Schools like Oregon or Miami or, well, I when you look at what Oklahoma State has done, Oklahoma State is one of the most attractive programs in the country to join a super conference, whether that's the I don't I, I would love the Big Ten, but I think the the academic accredi- accreditation is probably going to hang them up. The Big Ten is all high and mighty, <laughs> right? But the SEC, if I'm if I'm Chad Weiberg, and if I'm if I'm Dr. Casey Shrum, I'm on the phone with the SEC like yesterday. As yeah. soon as this news comes out, I am making calls because. On Wednesday, the new Big Twelve looked pretty damn good. You're going to get three to four more, three three more years of OU in Texas. You're going to add a playoff team in Cincinnati. You're going to add a team that could be pretty decent in UCF. BYU is okay year to year. Last year they were really good, and and Houston is a team that I think is going to flourish in a Power Five conference. So the Big Twelve looked pretty damn good. Well, now all of a sudden, this new Big Twelve doesn't look near as good because those teams aren't enough to sustain you. If the pact or if the SEC and the Big Ten decide to do their own thing, so if I'm Oklahoma State, the f- I'm I'm trying to get out because you're not locked in, right? You're just because I think the grant of rights is up in 25 anyway. Mm-hmm. So if I'm Oklahoma State, I'm calling the SEC. I know Greg Sankey isn't thinking like I'm dying to get Oklahoma State in the conference, but if you're needing to add teams. Like, if you want to add a couple more teams to the SEC, Oklahoma State's the first school in the big... Like, if you look across the country, the ACC's locked up because their their grant of rights is insane. The SEC is probably not going to want to add Pac-12 schools because outside of USC and UCLA, which UCLA you're getting for Olympic sports, and you ain't getting them for football. So walk me through grant of rights real quick. Um, is that a lot of people say that the TV rights are up in... You know, for twenty twenty five, if if TV rights are the and the the 
billions of dollars that come from that. If that's the main hangup, then if the let's say the ACC with Clemson, Miami, and Florida State already as as your anchors there, mm-hmm. all of a sudden go well. Some of these Big Twelve schools don't sound so bad if it adds to what their product is. They then go to ESPN to Fox and say, mm. you know, now we we have a better product. You know, are you interested in this kind of thing? Yeah. So ACC. So the ACC. For anybody wondering why USC and UCLA would even talk to the Big Ten, so it's the, money. The, and the Big Ten is Fox. Yes, and so Fox is. I've got a conspiracy theory there. Go on. So Fox is going to make a lot of money. Like the Big Ten is is going to make a lot of money. The ACC it is it is twenty thirty six. That's the that's the grand rights. Yeah. I would be really curious. Let me see if I can. Let me oh, see if someone, when we say grant of rights, are we talking t- TV, TV deal? TV deal. TV yeah. deal. Grant grant of rights is is TV and it's through ESPN. Right. So the ACC has has locked up through thirty uh, twenty thirty six. I really wish, like, so OU and Texas, if they wanted out before 2025, when this was first announced in 2020, I guess is when that was, it would have been like a combined $160 million. If if Clemson wants out of the ACC, I can't find it. I don't know where that buyout is. Hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. So Clemson makes the most sense, I, I would think, when you're looking at that. And those are the schools that you mentioned are on that are are on my list, because when you look at the when you look at the three remaining Power Five conferences, the Pac twelve, the Big Twelve, and the ACC, you have to look at the most attractive schools in terms of competition, in terms of success, in terms of talent, and all that stuff. Like so, you're looking at the A. We'll go alphabetical: the ACC, Clemson, Miami, Florida State, and probably North Carolina. There's four. And North Carolina was a team that we added in to like I have them sixth on the list because they've been really good. But when you look at like football's been really really solid, right? The argument of school Big Twelve schools going to the Big Ten was like, well, maybe Kansas because they have the accreditation. Kansas is atrocious in football. Basketball is not enough to carry Kansas. Football has to have some kind of of talent, right? North Carolina football is pretty damn good especially under mac brown north carolina basketball the jordan brand mm-hmm. that is more than enough to carry and football still really good mm-hmm. but basketball is more than enough to to carry north carolina into a super conference um florida state is an interesting one because the sec invited florida state decades ago and they basically flew them the bird and said no we're not going so the sec i think like if they had to take another school that would be like the last school and they haven't really been all that good recently like outside of clemson they're the team that's won the most recent national championship with Jameis winston but florida state has just kind of been okay like bobby bowden the bobby bowden era carries a lot of weight when you talk about florida state Miami is still a national brand. It's still popular from the U. They have one of the most quote unquote great recruiting pitches in NIL in the country. Um, it, do with that what you will. If it's legal or not, I'm not going to get into that, but yeah. they can pay players clearly. So did you see the video of the. Um, Isn't that great? A&M? The, the A&M guy yeah. that is giving a tour of the stadium going, those guys that are up there behind those You're suites gonna can give a you a lot of money. I thought oh, we didn't pay I thought pay we players. weren't supposed to say that. I thought we didn't. That guy, so, guarantee that guy ain't going to have a job. So 
on this on this ten this top ten list: yep. Clemson, Oklahoma State, Oregon, Miami, Utah, North Carolina, Florida State, Baylor, Washington, Cincinnati. No Notre Dame. How come? But I think they're probably going to get in anyway. Like it would be. I mean, but you they would actually probably pit the Big Ten. I mean, I I could argue them at at number one. The reason being, they could pit uh, negotiations between the Big Ten and the SEC because again. The geography doesn't matter anymore, Mm-mm. as we have just seen. It should, but it doesn't. And I can't wait for that, uh, for the UCLA or USC game at Penn State at 11 a.m. Well, 11 a.m. here, noon there, so it's a 9 a.m. kickoff in California. That'll be well-watched. The um, Notre Dame is an interesting one because they are one of they're, – they're a top five all-time national brand. Right. That gold helmet, you know, the fighting Irish, convicts versus Catholics, all that stuff – Notre Dame's an interesting one to me anyway because you've got ACC ties, mm-hmm. but you also have NBC. Like yeah. the exclusive rights are on, are through NBC. NBC is not college football. Like you've got Fox in the Big Ten and you've got ESPN in the SEC. So th- to me, Notre Dame is an interesting one. I, the Big Ten makes the absolute most sense because yes. Notre Dame screams Big Ten. So... Right. I, I left Notre Dame off because they've kind of flown against everything conventional the past 20 or 30 years. And then the reason that they're number one on there, in, in my opinion, uh, you know, if I'm making this list, is because they are so self-sustaining as an yeah, independent. They're going to be able to they, make their money Even anyway. if there's a super conference, if you're independent, you can schedule whoever the heck you want. Yeah, So and that's, and that's well, another reason. Whoever agrees to... You know, and he, yeah. they have so many agreements with a lot of these teams that hey, they play USC every year. Yeah. So it's not like USC doesn't cross the Mississippi ever. Right. So that's and that's and that's another reason. Like you've got NBC. You know, they're hundreds of millions of dollars they're paying Notre Dame and vice versa, whatever. And then you've got the independent side, the fact that they can they can do whatever they want. So that was one of the reasons I left them off. Oregon makes a lot of sense because they're a national brand. They're they've been in the playoffs recently. They're, you know, and Nike, Nike carries a lot of clout. I bet Phil Knight has made a few phone calls since. Nike carries a lot, a lot. Like if you go through the, if you go through the notes of each one, you know, Oregon is a massive brand with a capital O, you know, and and Nike carries a lot of clout. And then when you look at North Carolina, the Jordan brand, Mm -hmm. you can't forget about Jordan brand. And so. Well, and don't forget about Oklahoma State. We have our own logo too. And now, and that's the thing, like the win against Notre Dame, that's a that that's a big win. I, you know, you look at Oklahoma State. Very timely. They're a top fifteen program every single year. They're a few like this past year they played into the top ten. They're going to start the year if not ranked. They're going to be pretty close to twenty twenty five the twenty fifth team in the country, and they're going to play their way into the rankings. They're a competitive team. They've got really good quality wins. They're a stable program. They're bringing in money. They beat some really good teams every single. They've beaten Miami recently. And they've beaten Notre Dame recently. They beat OU. They they own Texas now. You know they've beaten some big time programs. Uh, and if you go through the scheduling, since Chad Weiberg's gotten here, they've gotten Arkansas back on the schedule. They're going to play Oregon here pretty soon. They're, they've got Alabama scheduled. If that game ever happens, you know you've got some big time programs that are that are getting scheduled. So OSU is like when I first started this beat, I think was twenty fourteen or twenty fifteen, and Gundy said. You know, we're about 10 to 15 years away from consistently being a top 10, a top 15 program. We are eight years from that statement. 
guess what? Yeah, they're a top fifteen program. So, yeah, OSU makes sense in the big in the Big Twelve along with Baylor. Last year, if this happens, Baylor's not even in the conversation because they are one of the worst teams in the country. What Dave Aranda has done at Baylor, you look at the recruiting that they've done. I think they'll they're a logical choice to be in the playoffs in the next couple of years if they continue. So if you're going to take two programs from the Big 12, OSU and Baylor. Yes. No no other pro and Baylor, if they have a down year this year, you can make the argument that they don't belong. TCU doesn't really give you the DFW market. And the SEC is already there. I mean, what's interesting in about there. TCU can be made about like BYU or a Boise, right? So when TCU was brought in from the Mountain West, they were they were pretty damn good. You know, they they sure. were they were Close to being in a playoff, Gary Patterson had them rolling, but they've never, never been able to sustain it. You know, they've they've kind of been there, but they've dropped they've dropped off. Mm-hmm. And that's you know, people make the argument about BYU. People make that argument about Boise State. Like, yeah, I think I think Boise State could be successful for a little bit, but I don't think I don't think B, uh, Boise State could sustain constant no, success in the what, Big Twelve. You also have to take into serious consideration what where teams have to recruit. Boise State is not recruiting Texas heavily. No. They're no. not, you know, they go to California. But they're they not go, getting the big ones. No. And so, you know, to consistently go up against, uh, I mean, even the likes of, of an OSU, we just played them. And I mean, just looking out there on the field, granted we had our seventh and eighth wide receivers out yeah. there. If you have your first one, it's not a game. Well, I was that's what I was going to say. If you play Boise, if OSU played Boise State after the Iowa State game, you know, it's not close. Right. Like if if you have a healthy Oklahoma State, that 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 game is it it's a it's a 2 to 3 point game early in the first quarter. And then by the time halftime rolls around, the third quarter, fourth quarter, you're I'm not saying that it's like a Kansas blowout, you know, uh, where you're having to play third, fourth, and fifth stringers, right. but you're probably you're probably looking at a at a West Virginia. You're probably well, looking at a at a fourteen to twenty one point win. And and we had them here a couple of years ago and handled them like you should. Yeah. And then we went up there. That's a good the, example. Yeah, yeah. We we went up there because you also think you know going to Boise is a Boise uh, is Boise is a Different beast. It's a weird, it, weird it's game. It's just, yeah, it's, it's, you're playing on blue turf. I mean, it takes you so. I, that, but then. I could never see that again and be perfectly okay. Watch the, what do they call that bowl now? The Idaho Potato Bowl? Don't Every watch year, it. man. Don't Every watch year. It. But uh, I, I could definitely go back to Boise. I love that town. But anyways, the point being, that that was kind of a one-off that we go up there. That's a big, that was the number one game on their schedule. Yeah. If yeah. you're If they're in conference, and they're coming here every other year. You're going there every other year. Uh, they it kind of West Virginia used to be that way. Where if when they were in the what were they in the Big, Big East? East? Yeah. When when you went to West Virginia, you didn't and you still don't want a night game over there. But it was along those same lines where people said, um, you know, yeah, we'll lose to them occasionally in conference, but for the most part, you're going to have an over 500 record yeah. against a West Virginia. You should. Well, so. and and Boise State's a weird like. They're getting rid of programs. I don't think they could afford to sustain travel 
in the in the Big Twelve. I don't I don't think that would work. I know they'd get payout, but that wouldn't be for a while. So anyway, yeah, Boise, but, yeah. Anyway, yeah. And I, I think that's a TCU, the uh, the USC and UCLA budgets. I think will be able to handle travel to to, you know, to the Big Ten. I know we we hold on. We we're gonna talk about like uh, you know the, the the smaller. That's what I want to get into. The smaller the baseballs yep. the and, and all that. Um, it could be that the amount of money that that the the Big Ten's next negotiating mm-hmm. rights might just outweigh that. And I bet that that's taken into consideration. Yeah, and that's what's weird because I know Robert would get mad at me when I was when I would talk about the Olympic programs. Sweet Robert, yeah, would get mad at you. Yeah, like he a, would, like he a would, father figure. He would raise his voice. <laughs> uh, the backhand. No, yeah, it's it, because it's something you have to think about. You know, like yeah. I understand that football's the money maker. Sure, Oklahoma State football. You know, they operate in the black and you're going to make a decision based on where football goes because football is going to make all of the money, all of it. Like I understand that, you know, baseball is successful and basketball is successful. Like all of the money in the athletic department comes from donations and football more so football. And so you're going to make a decision what's best for football. So if it's going to the sec, if it's going to the PAC 12, which now makes a lot of sense, why the PAC 12 didn't want big 12 or why USC and UCLA refused to accept other members, you know, it kind of makes sense, but you're going to make a decision based on football. But when you're looking at like, we'll just use UCLA and USC because they're the prime examples. Yeah. Football, they're going to have what five to seven on the high end of road trips. On a, on a high year, they'll have five to seven years, five Plus to seven goal. road games. Yeah. That's all. That's great. Well, football plays what max fourteen to fifteen games, you know, oh, yeah. in a, in There's a year, whatever. Mo- most of them are playing. Well, most are playing twelve, twelve to thirteen, and then some maybe. play thirteen, some yeah. play fourteen. So that's all. That's fine. Half of those are going to be travel games. Well, how many games does basketball play? How many games 30. does baseball yeah. play? How many games? 50. Does softball but softball plays more than that yeah. like and and that's not including the dozens of you know like swimming and diving and water polo and right. you know the 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 olympic like the out there olympic sports that ucla and usc play i guarantee you that half of those programs in the big 10 don't have half of the programs that those schools play so why can we not live in a world here where football usc Goes, goes to, to the Big Ten. Big, Big Ten. Yeah, baseball stays playing Oregon State. It, plays sh- it Oregon. should because when I was in, like when I was in high school in Bristow, we were, I think three A, and then like slow pitch softball was five A, um, baseball was either three or four A, but it wasn't across. It wasn't a single division across the board. Sure. Like now, Bristow I think is like five A or something like that. But when like slow pitch softball, you, Bristow was five A when I was in high school and we were almost three a across the board. Um, it, it, you're going to play up a competition. You're going to play down a competition. I understand that it's about money. It's about travel. It's about contracts and stuff like that. But UCLA and USC, they don't need to play like football makes a lot of sense, but your Olympic sports, they need to stay in the pac 12. Like when you look at like big 12 wrestling is the perfect example. You got a lot of schools that are not in the big 12 except for wrestling. Yeah. That's what needs to happen out there, period. No, I agree. And and to let's transition a little bit to Brett Yormark. Talk a little bit about him, where he came from, mm-hmm. Rock Nation. Everybody thinks he produced Jay Z's music. That's Hell not true. Yeah, I did. 
I like I like the addition. You know, he was a he was a an executive, the CEO for the the New Jersey and the Brooklyn Nets. He helped that transition. He was an executive in NASCAR, so he knows sports. You know, I I I think it makes a lot of sense. I I do. I the it's going to be interesting because you more so have like he knows sports, but it's kind of an entertainment type side of it. And you got him for that. You got him for TV. You got him for Grand Rights because in twenty twenty five, you're going to have to you're going to have that decision. Well, and what you need there is you need a a businessman at the top. Absolutely. A lot of fans see and they go, well, this guy, you know, point under his resume where he's where he's done anything football. Well, the best sports betters in the world couldn't throw a football 20 yards. Mm-hmm. You know the business aspect of it. You know the data aspect of it. And yeah. when you're headed into the negotiation, it's more so about numbers and Excel spreadsheets than it is exactly. than it is uh, who can hit hard, who can throw far. Exactly. And, and I get it. I mean – you would want someone that under and and who that's the thing like just because he's been a basketball executive just because he was a NASCAR executive just because he's been an executive the COO for Rock Nation he doesn't know football what what field do you work in what do you work in yeah environmental services oh so you don't work in football oh no i don't yeah sorry i, can't. I don't want you I, on this podcast anymore yeah i probably need to give you the sorry mic. what's Here your you what's your buddy jay do what's what's his field of business he is a uh, engineer oh so he doesn't work in baseball no he no doesn't more, he doesn't know baseball or football no, or anything no more opinions for him sorry sorry brett Yormark. you don't work in you don't work in football bud wait what about all of them is everybody in america involved in politics yes oh every yeah. Yeah, they, are, they are good all they're all so politicians. they can all still have they can all still have a yeah so there. that's okay. i i I mean, any decision that you're going to make, you're going to have some kind of trepidation. And he's not the only one that, that goes to ESPN, that goes no. to Fox. He's not the only one that talks to all the athletic directors. And and here's the thing. He has a staff. The Big 12 didn't just settle on this guy because they couldn't get anybody else. Like, they had a list of people. Right. And this is the best candidate the Big 12 got. I'm not saying this is the best they could only get, but this is, I, we, we don't even know what he's going to do. Sankey wasn't available. so yeah, Damn. Like yeah. you, we we are. I I think he's official now. You know, like he. I think July one. He's he's now mm-hmm. the big. Like he's made no decisions. Like nothing has happened with Brett. York, and all of a sudden, you have fans that are just like, we don't want this guy. Well, and very rarely is the is the commissioner's time on stage at Big Twelve Media Days one of the big highlights. Here we go. They have been kind of lately because of the OU Texas thing. You know, to see their response. I mean, this is the introduction introduction yeah. to the Brett Yormark era of the Big 12. It's going to be it's going to be really well paid attention to and can't wait for the articles that are going yeah. to come out of it, the video that's going to come out of it. I'm excited. I'm excited to see what he can do financially, business-wise. Cuz you got the Grand Rights that's coming up 2025, that's the TV deals, uh TV streaming and all that stuff. It's uh, it's very evident that Bob Bowlesby pissed some people off at ESPN. You know, uh, do I love ESPN Plus, Big 12 now? I don't love it. I think it could be better, but I think that streaming is, that's where we're headed. Stream Everything is streaming. Amazon, Google, Netflix, Hulu, Vudu, you know, it's it's all going that way. So if Brett Yormark can get the Big 12 a much better deal, because you're, not, you're no longer going to have to compete with the Longhorn Network. Texas is going to take that with them, and whether that's you know assumed by the by the SEC network or they keep it their own or whatever, you're not going to have to compete with that anymore. You're not going to have to compete with OU having their Fox deal. 
you know, you, you're going to be the Big 12 now. Now you're not going to have OU in Texas. So it's good and bad because they are the they generate a, a bulk of that revenue. But if Cincinnati is successful this year, if Houston is able to take that step up, which I think they will, I think Houston will be just fine. If BYU is good and if UCF is good, if I'm Brett Yormark, what I'm doing is I'm calling the Pac-12. I'm calling Oregon. I'm calling Utah. I'm calling the Arizona schools. Now, here's the thing about that geographically arizona and arizona state make a lot of sense mm-hmm. that's basically and it. and you get the phoenix market blah, that's blah, blah. basically it arizona yep. state's fixing to get destroyed by the ncaa for all the recruiting violations that have gone on under herm edwards Eesh. arizona is not haven't really been good the past 10 or so years i right. know they were decent you know but they're okay now they're not like other than geographic you don't want those colorado doesn't really do anything for you anymore um, Utah makes a hell of a lot of sense. Utah's a good football program. Mm-hmm. They play good football. They compete better than anyone in the Big Twelve, uh, the SEC, or the Pac-12. It's all runs together now. I don't know <laughs> what I'm saying. But I'm calling Utah. I'm calling Oregon. I'm going to call Washington because the Seattle market's huge. Oregon's a massive brand. Utah's a great football team. Um, See, uh, and, Maybe Stanford. And if, maybe. if I'm trying to put something together there, and maybe this is the the romantic to to college football that I'm going to say. Okay, if you guys are going to take all the, if you guys are going to take all that, mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna preserve college football to what we know because that's what eventually we're going to be playing all conference plus a non conference one. You know, Murray State, which great article, um, you know that uh, that we just added in twenty six twenty six yeah so. Couldn't believe that you didn't mention them. By the way, whenever you said all this teams we're going to play in the future, the Alabamas that you know that you didn't. Anyways, um, I, I when I talk, you were doing home and homes, I go FBS <laughs> and I don't get much past the B. I got you. So, um, but I'm going to call those those teams that are traditionally good football teams. It, the Utah has had a good team for yeah. a long time. We've already got the BYU. We we figured that one out. That's a great rivalry. The Holy War. Absolutely, you're losing the Red River rivalry, and I'm taking that from uh, from Robert's comments. Um, either your comment, Robert's comments, whoever whoever did the bonus BYU, I'm I'm taking that. There you go. All right. That's me, baby. That's you. So, you know, the since Cincinnati and geographically, you're going to get some rivalries. So, really, I mean, don't want another black and orange OSU for Oregon State. And they're not really that good. Don't bring anything. No. But eventually, what you're going to start doing is what. Are, is the is the Mountain West gonna gonna get Oregon State, Washington State? Probably, you know, probably because so, if you're the Big uh, there's Twelve, there's a cutoff somewhere. Because if you're the Big Twelve, you've got fourteen, and you're gonna lose OU and Texas in twenty five. Be that, the first to eighteen. That gets you down to twelve. So if you want to add four more teams to get back to sixteen, you're looking at Washington, Oregon, Utah, and then I guess Stanford. I guess. Yeah, because there's no because there's no one else in the Pac-12 that I want because I don't want Colorado. No, I I talked to Robert last night and he he talked me down off the Arizona ledge because Arizona State's not good and they're going to get hammered by the NCAA. Arizona is just all right, but they're not. They haven't been good enough. Well, Arizona State's like like Kansas. I don't know. Kansas is only good in one sport. I was going to say Arizona State's. Traditionally good baseball, traditionally decent basketball. You know, so been okay. some of their some of their fringe sports, yeah. the Olympic sports, as you said, uh, have been, have been all right. But but it all goes back to what is what do you bring football wise? 
we say that, and how does Kansas stick around? I mean, after twenty five, do we go? Thanks, but no. But if you're the if you're have the fun big, in the American, if you're the Big Twelve, you keep them for basketball because basketball brings in a they they bring in millions in basketball. Yeah, they don't, they're not bringing in as I wouldn't think as much as as North Carolina or Duke or Kentucky, but they're they're there. Yeah, and so. If if I'm the if I'm any other that and see that's what's fickle about it that's what's weird because the Big Ten doesn't want Kansas because football is awful they don't bring in money the SEC doesn't want them because their football is awful and they don't bring in any money same with the ACC still haven't figured out why Big Ten brought in Rutgers I right? still haven't figured it out right anyways but if you're the Big Twelve you're thinking y'all bring in some pretty damn good money for for basketball and football their their stadium is getting renovated you know and. You got to give a you got to give a coach more than two to three seasons, you know. So maybe they win three games this year. Maybe they win four, you know. So that's they they may not be the worst team in college football. Eighth wonder of the world is how Mark Mangino won ten games. Yeah, and if they if they if and if they can beat Texas a few more times before Texas goes, yeah. Keep I'm all right with that. Keep them. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. I don't know what's going to happen, but if I'm, I will say that's what the Big Twelve needs to do. That's what Brett Yormark needs to do. If I'm Oklahoma State, I'm calling out. I'm yep. get, I'm getting out because that I think that makes the most sense. All right, so we had uh, we had a a comment request. Oh, speak of the devil. We had a we had a comment request. Robert's calling for um for us to go through our five newcomers. Yeah. So okay, here's here's where it stemmed. The you guys put out a great article, five cowboys you may have forgotten. We believe you are about to be reminded of. Yeah. And those five are Langston Anderson. I don't think was that a that wasn't premium. It's a long ago. Langston Anderson has uh-huh. been has been mentioned a few times on this on this podcast. We are yeah. very excited about him. Trace Ford. Do you see the photo of Trace in that article? So here's what I wrote down. I wrote down their names. I wrote down their height and weight. Just you know, in case it doesn't. Yeah, I put down six one two zero two for Langston. I put that for Xavier Ross six four two ninety for Trace. I put six three jacked. <laughs> I don't oh, care. Xavier, Xavier I don't... Benson. No, 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 no. For Trace Ford. Oh, I see him now. For yeah, Trace I Ford, I, I just put six yeah, three. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's jacked. Like I don't know what his weight is. Whatever they have listed, they have it'll him be wrong. Six three two forty. Yeah, right. Six three two seventy. Oh. like at least. But and then uh, Xavier Ross three. Um, Defensive tackle. We'll go through these in more detail here in just a second. Tyre Nerby, six three two forty, and then Silas Barr, which was a surprise to me that he was that he was on that list. But he's making a he's making a little bit of a uh, of a uh, position change from cowboy back back to O line. Very athletic. Did you, uh, did you see the photo Robert used of Silas Barr? Yeah, I sent it to you. Did him dirty. I see, yeah, I sent that one to you, and it went. This has to be oh, the most man. uninspiring photo. It was, it was, it was funny and and bad uh, posture. He's yeah, it's uninspired. A yeah, it's so, a bad photo. But I have never seen a bad photo of Langston Anderson. I've never se- unless he has a boot on. Sure, that is bad. Sure, Langston Anderson comes comes back for the fourth time. I think off an injury, third time off an injury. Yeah, at least the and third. and. Every time that he gets a spring that he's clean, if he gets a early fall that he's clean, clean sounds like it's on drugs, that he's healthy, I'm sorry, he's blasting up the depth chart. Yeah. Because of everything, and we've talked about, if, if you're listening to this podcast, you've heard, you've probably heard the other ones, mm-hmm. uh, that he's super talented and, and 
We need bubble wrap around him to get him to the season so that we can see him play in game one um, and catching passes for, for Spencer. He makes the offense, he opens it up so that there are new, so that our running backs this year, I think people are going to be stopping the, they're going to stop the running backs. They're going to make Spencer pass. Yeah. That makes you better. Yeah. And you look at how athletic he is. You look at how physical he is, his, his, talent is off the charts he just like you like 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 last year uh, the the last nine to nine months or so is the perfect example of langston anderson he great fall he had a great summer he had a great fall warm-ups of the season opener breaks his foot warm-ups of season opener has a great spring looks really great i want he's making catches that i you know it's like oh my god that's it, it, it that's spectacular like if you get through if you get healthy Langston Anderson his whole career, he's competing for Belenikoffs. Uh, he's just, he's so incredible. And everyone's like, man, I can't wait to watch him in the spring game. I know I got a message from you. Yep. Hurt. Yep. Hurt his, hurt his I think it was a shoulder injury in the spring game. Now he's not. Uh, from everything we heard, it was very precautionary. I mean, uh, yeah, it was yeah, yeah. very like um, bubble wrap. Pro- probably would have played. If, oh, yeah. if it had been a game, he would have played. But he was a little banged up, you know, from spring. And he's like, well, let's not take the risk. But that's the that's the like he. This probably would have been a great decision if he was fully healthy. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Well, that's him. like uh, Ollie Gordon. Yeah, he gets a you know it's just a very slight shoulder injury. Gundy said afterwards that probably would have put him back in the game if it had been an actual game. You don't need to you don't need to keep playing him. I think that was a little bit of coach speak. Well, I talked. I to saw Ro- him. I saw him walking around down there, and you well, I talked. Well, it was it was hurting him, but like I talked to Robert, and he was like, "Yeah, he's fine." Yeah. Like he's he was hurt, but like if Gundy was more like if he was the starting running back and we needed him to play, we probably could have put him back in the game. Right. Because it wasn't one of those you're gonna continue like it, there's if you keep playing, it's gonna be structural damage yep. and, and stuff like that. But so so much goes into those decisions and, and this is just kind of an interesting little sidebar. So so much goes into those. A shoulder, you need that to be strong to carry the ball to hold yeah. the ball tight. If he was over on the sidelines and he was having some strength issues, he's not going back in the game. No. So just when people see games and you see a running back go down, it's like, okay, running backs need legs. Running backs, you know, if his legs are fine, put him in the game. Well, gotta hold that ball, as we bud. talked to Tatum Bell a couple weeks ago, if you can't hold on the ball, you're going to be on the sideline. Yeah. And it doesn't do – then the fans are booing you if you're out there, you know, trying to get through it and you're fumbling. So – uh, so Trace, Trace Ford, number two, six three, jacked as oh, all get out. Man. I'm I, I hope that he's not demoralizing the offensive line that he has to go against every day. I hope he's not. You know, I hope that they're somehow trying to get better against him and not just being demoralized. Because he's, I'm going to equate him a little bit to um, a six foot seven, two seventy LeBron James coming down the uh, coming down the lane, and you trying to be like, I'm going to get better by defending yeah. him in practice today. No, you're not. I was he's just going to post her. I was going to say that photo. Obviously, he's not as big, but the photo looks like Aaron Donald. Oh, Aaron Donald's so. No, I'm not. I'm not. Freak. Yeah, I'm not comparing him one to one. Yeah, in talent or athleticism or size or anything like that. But he has the build. Yep. He has the build of an Aaron Donald. Yep. And I'll take that. Uh, so Xavier Ross, six four two ninety. We're going to need all the help we can get on the inside. It's going to be. Um, it's going to be bullpen by committee in there, and and that was what was so good last year about 
being able to rotate the, that front line that you had a two deep that you trusted and and you're going to get back there. I think you're going to get back there again. Um, you know, with these guys and adding a adding Xavier Ross, he didn't play a ton last year. Was he hurt? Uh, it's just depth. depth. He was yeah. a he was a redshirt sophomore. But it was more so of a depth. He played six games. Uh, in well, he's only played in three seasons. He's played six games. Um, but he's he's it, he is very athletic. He's not he's two ninety, but he's a really slim two ninety. You know, he's six four, so he's got the height, so that that two ninety spreads out pretty oh, yeah. evenly. Um, he's athletic. He's he's pretty fast, honestly. So yeah. I don't. I, you're not going to see him play nose. You'll see him play. You know, just inside because you've got Sione Asi. He'll play nose. Xavier is a kid that kind of and and he's going to have a, a really good year. Like kind of look kind of like Israel Antoine. Mm. You didn't hear Israel. That's a great. You didn't hear Israel a lot, but he made a lot of impact. Yeah. You know, you kind of look at uh, like DQ Osborne. Made a lot of impact. You know, you didn't hear his name a whole lot. He wasn't like on the stat sheet. He wasn't just like putting up insane numbers. But DQ, you know, he he made a pretty big impact. So I'm I'm excited about Xavier. Yeah, I'm uh, whenever hopefully you, he does it. When you have Ford, when you have uh, Oliver, um, I don't see how you can't have four defensive ends line up. Be, like just do it like a power rush set. Yeah, you've got Brock Martin. Do you? So here's the thing. Brock Martin and Tyler Lacey, do you put Brock on the inside or Tyler on the inside? Tyler's bigger, right? Yeah. Yeah. Tyler's like six 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 seven. Oh, we also got Evers in there too. Yeah. So you get you you'll go and Colin Clay. You'll Ooh. go Brendan in the uh, at nose. You would put Tyler Lacey on the outside. You'd put Brock Martin at the at the, on the inside next to Brendan. And then you would line Colin Oliver and Trace Ford up on the other side. Yeah. Well, and and you haven't even mentioned number four here, Tyron Irby. Put so, him put him at linebacker or something. You but, put uh, depending on what um, depending on what uh, Xavier Benson can do, depending on what uh, Mason Cobb can do. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! Well, and then you're getting COVID break. You're getting, call, you're getting Colin Clay in six three three ten. I, off, he's coming off an injury. I, two two straight. Two he, straight. He came, so he came in and hurt his knee, and then hurt his knee last year. I really because I I watched him play in high school up here at uh, he, when he came to Stillwater a few mm-hmm. times. I really hope he can play. I wish him all the best. I yeah. I would love to see him play. What I love kid. you you've got to go into the freshmen and we'll get to the newcomer after Silas Barr. We'll get to newcomers, but two freshmen that kind of stick out that just get to they just get to hang out in the room and and, and you know play in it in their four games get their red shirt. Deshaun Brown and uh, Jaleel Johnson. They come out of high school as just pure pass rushers. Yeah, you know, Jaleel Johnson, six four. He's probably gonna. You got to think he'll add he'll add an inch at least. You know, six five. That's that's a big edge rusher. Um, that's a that's a Tyler Lacey type of kid. Yeah, that's a that, that's yeah. a. I think he'll be a true D end. Yeah, and I even said Cody Walterscheid. He made a lot of plays last year towards the end too. He's so. developed really well. So then, uh, and and I think on this, you know, five Cowboys, you. You may have forgotten. We believe you're going to be reminded of Silas Barr. I think is a little bit of a placeholder for a lot of offensive linemen in there uh, because last year um, from West Virginia, Josh Sills. Josh Sills. Can't believe you forgot him. Um, he was kind of such a big personality yeah. that that was kind of like he sort of represented all offensive line. So now that he's got that, you don't have that. And you know, in our five down here, talk about Tyron Weber, but. 
the the offensive line is going to be interesting to see who runs out there game one, mm-hmm. where they're at, you know, in, in certain spots. Because I think even, is it Preston Wilson who's moved to center? You know, and uh, last year he's kind of, he filled in some spots. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of a, a little bit of a placeholder, I feel like, for all offensive line there. Yeah, because, you know, he starts as an offensive line. He gets moved to Cowboy back as a depth. Now he's back on the offensive line. It's a it's a weird, kind of a weird uh, weird scenario for him. And, yeah. when we, and when we look at newcomers, I don't think there's five freshmen. And that was the comment, you know, it can was. you go through five freshmen that are going to make an impact? I don't know. Because you look at last year, right? J.P. Richardson had a pretty decent impact. You look at um, the uh, well, and J.P. John Paul. It it took him it took nine, him a while. ten games until until he was in there making an impact. Yeah, as, that he did. It took him a while, and I think we, I think we get spoiled when we look at guys like Colin Clay, Colin Oliver. When when you're looking sure. at when you're looking at a true freshman like Colin Oliver, who's an All American, who has a chance of being a Big Twelve Defensive Player of the Year uh, in in the coming years, probably will be voted at the media days as the yeah. Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah, yeah, like that's you're thinking. Okay, he was a freshman, so give me five freshmen. You know, and yeah. and Jaden Bray. You know, he had a, it wasn't like he went out there and hauled in a thousand yards, but he kind of had a breakout season for a freshman. Um, and the by the way, on him. Um, I feel like he could he could fill in at number six right there because he had a good like first three four games. He and then Tay Martin came back. Yeah, and, then Tay came came back and came on strong. You kind of didn't hear from him anymore, so he could get into there. I think I think Jaden Bray is going to have a really good year. When you when you, I can't give you five freshmen because if you look at the freshmen that are coming in, they're coming into depth spots. They're like Colin got his chance because Trace got hurt. I suppose someone could get hurt, but. When you look at, we'll just do newcomers. Yeah, like Bray, no, I think that's a great one. Because Braylon Presley is behind JP. He's behind his brother Brennan. Uh, Brennan is a, a kick returner, you know. So, I mean, Braylon would have to explode, yeah. you know. And he, even Ollie Gordon. Like, I'm Ollie Gordon, I think, would have to have a monster, monster fall. And I, I think you, in order to take a place, Ollie, you could you could do Ollie or CJ Brown. I think it's going to be it's yeah. going to be kind of one of them. Um, I hope hopefully we get up by so much on whoever our whoever whoever is. Central Michigan Central uh, at home. It'll, you want? I got that video. Do you want to see it? No. Oh, okay. Um, I've never broken somebody <laughs> else's iPhone, but I'll do it. Uh, so you know Ollie or CJ, um, and then Mister Poke Support NIL. Xavier Benson, yeah, man, can't wait. I mean, should be should be starting middle linebacker. I think he will be. You got, I mean, he played at Texas Tech. He was a JUCO All American at Tyler. He look, I he looks the part. Yeah, he's well, fast. And, he's and strong. The spring athletic. game, he was the part. Yeah, he was he, everywhere. He looks really good. I, I here's where I have to temper, and here's where I I try to temper other people. You're not going to replace Malcolm Rodriguez and Devin Harper. One for one. No, you're now, not going to have two guys who are both over 100 yeah, tackles. I mean, and that could happen. You know, it, it, it anything is possible. Xavier Benson could develop into a guy that has 130 tackles and is just an absolute nightmare. But right now, that it's like we were talking about before we started recording. You don't have a Danny Goodlefsky, and you don't have a Josh Sills right now. Mm-hmm. You may find mm-hmm. those guys in your room, you know, Come October, you may be thinking, man, this kid is, 
we we don't miss Josh Sills right now because this kid filled into that spot. Mm-hmm. You don't have that right now. You don't have a Malcolm Rodriguez and you don't have a Devin Harper. They could develop into it, but Xavier Benson is going to be a. I, I think he'll be really good. I think he'll have a spot where he's he's not giving up a lot, right? He's not. He may not have 130 tackles, but I, I think Xavier is going to be really good, and I think Mason Cobb is going to be really good. But they're not a one for one replacement, but they could be eventually. No, but you you, you hope that the whole group, uh, you know, again, I think if if it weren't for those guys being seniors. And with what they brought mentally onto yeah. the field, you're probably in more of a rotation last year where they don't make a hundred and however many tackles, right. um, and that uh, that a Mason Cobb is out there even more. But uh, which which I think you're going to get into more of this year, um, <laughs> almost playing the the game they do with running backs of who has the hot hand. Well, who has the hot hand out there at middle linebacker? At linebackers, uh, your edge is is pretty set. Uh, that you're going to be in a rotation there, and uh, you know even even great player uh, Nicholas Martin, he's going to have a hard time. I mean, there's there's a you know redshirt freshman who his high school highlights jump off the page. Um, you know, just watching yeah. him, he is flying all over the field, crushing people, but he's going to have a hard time getting on the field ahead of some of the guys that that are ahead of him. Yeah, and that's and that's where it's going to be interesting because you look at you look at Tyron Weber. You know, I, I think Ty, Tyron Weber is going to be a newcomer that I would watch. Um, he's incredibly nasty. Um, not a newcomer, but I, I really want to see Caleb Etienne take that next step. And he look apparently he looks good this summer in workouts. Well, and 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 newcomer can definitely be newcomer to the field, newcomer yeah. to 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 people talking about him because I think Kendall Daniels is there too. Kendall. Kendall might be one of the most exciting players, uh, players that I'm most excited to watch. I don't know what he's going to be like his freshman year, or I guess it'd be his redshirt freshman year, right? Right. I don't know what he's going to be like his first year playing. Uh, there's going to be an adjustment period because, yeah, you can practice, but when you're out on the field, it's it's always obviously a little bit different. And it's got to be a huge jump from Beggs, Oklahoma, to Division One, even practice. Yeah. The good thing is he had, you know, he had a year in the system. He played by some really good safeties. Have you seen Kendall in person without pads? Mm-mm. My God, we were my wife and I were at Walmart one night. Uh, this was last fall. And I'm this kid comes walking and I, he was really familiar as I've talked to Kendall before I've interviewed him. I've watched him play high school a lot, but I, I saw him walking through Walmart and I couldn't place who it was. But I mean, Kendall's like six, four, six, five. He is massive. He's yep. a huge kid. I think Kendall has a chance to do something really good. So, but I don't. I don't know what. I don't know what yet. Well, um, and and for all the you know the recruiting stars, people four star, four star guy, one of the higher rated um, recruits to come to OSU out of the state of Oklahoma ever. Um, so he's got all the he he has all the uh, the intangibles. You know he he's got all the the things that you want for your. Your safeties. Um, he looked great in the spring game. Was one of the kids that that I just kind of set back and and zeroed in on mm-hmm. his movements, how he moved around the field. Um, you know, without sitting up there knowing scheme or anything, I'm going to assume he was in the right place. Yeah, he he wasn't a guy that was coming off. Uh, you know, as a redshirt freshman, I also watched this during the game. He wasn't going off the field and just getting chirped at screamed at you know there wasn't a a coach in his ear all the time telling him you're supposed to be back on that one you're supposed to be impressed you're supposed to be in you know zone he seemed to be in the right spot so you know 
half the battle of a safety is being in the right spot, yeah. making the quarterback uh, look somewhere else. And, um, and well, and they're going to need him. With, and he's going to have ball skills too. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, Caleb Etienne is a guy that I'm looking forward to. Kendall Daniels is a guy I'm looking forward to seeing. I know they were here, but they didn't play last year. Um, Aiden Kelly. Aiden Kelly is a guy I think is going to be an absolute nightmare in the middle of the defensive line. That's that's a kid that <laughs> that's a kid that I think is is not going to matter that he's coming from from Thomas Fay. I he's a he's a kid that there is there is not going to be much of a transitional period from high school to college. I mean, obviously last year he didn't play he redshirted. You know, he played a little bit, but Aiden Kelly is someone that I'm really looking forward to seeing. Uh, I'm just kind of scrolling through the roster here to see if I've missed anybody I think else. That, uh, I think that um, it, it it's a testament to where the program is that guys that we're talking about, um, a Kendall Daniels, one of the higher-rated recruits to come to Oklahoma State from the state of Oklahoma, yeah. doesn't get on the field year one. Yeah. You know, uh, for a significant amount. He was he was on the field some, but uh, Aiden Kelly, I remember he was out there, you know, seeing, oh, 71's out there. It's kind of an odd number Made for a defensive tackle. Yeah. Uh, so you notice him out there. Um, but And the fact that he may not get a ton of playing time this year. So now, let's just take it 12 months from now. We're talking about Aiden Kelly, who's had another year in Rob Glass's weight system that is now going to be one of your main cogs in the middle. Yeah. That's a beast. Yeah, and I think I think Donovan Stevens, you know, he's a red shirt out of Dell City, redshirt freshman. Uh, I think Donnie will see the field a little bit. Um, I want to. I, I really want to see uh, Israelism and Hundley. I want to see him. I mean, no, he he's a defensive end. He hasn't quite panned out, but I want to see Israel step up. I want to see what he can do. Um, same with Nadrian Desidere out of Shreveport Evangel. He's a redshirt junior, but he's a guy that's kind of fallen through into the into the depth chart as a linebacker. So interested to see what he can do. And we'll see if the Shetrons can get on the field. You know, the, um, I, they've, got just, their, if, they've got a lot of depth chart ahead of them. I got a, I got a hot take here that if Talon Shetron is healthy, Talon will play his freshman year. And they, they, he does. He's got a lot of depth chart. But when you look at him, like, if, if, if you just took someone that doesn't know Oklahoma State football, and you put them in a practice in in the spring, and this is spring practice. They don't know. They what, don't know what year everybody is. They correct. don't know. They don't know anything yep. about them. Mm-hmm. They would assume that Talon Shetron is not a kid fixing to get ready to go to prom. That right. is skipping his prom to play college football because he's big, he's fast, he's physical, he's making plays that kids that are supposed to be in the spring semester of their high school year typically aren't making. I, I think Talon has a chance to be one of the best receivers in the country. Not this year, sure. But I think in his career, I think I, I think Talon is he is special. He is a special kid. All right. So Spencer is not going to take every snap the entire year. He's not going to do it. That, if, history if, would if, tell you that if correct. we're up eighty-four to nothing on somebody, they're going to put somebody else in. So <laughs> history would tell you that he's either going to be injured. Or he's gonna miss a game. Yeah, I okay. So yes. Who? I don't know. Who do you think? I don't know. I have no clue. I have zero idea because you have a guy in Garrett Rangel who has a cannon for an arm. Garrett uh, Garrett's the future of the program. Gunner Gundy uh, has been in college for a few years. He's been with the program. Gunner is a good quarterback. 
I'm going to bet he knows the offense in and out. Gunner is a really good quarterback. I am still on the camp of I wish he would have gone somewhere else. <laughs> not because I don't want Gunner to play at OSU. Yep. Not because I don't think Gunner isn't going to play. But I wish Gunner would have. Shine his own light. Kind of absolutely. Gunner is a good college quarterback. I think Gunner, if Gunner had gone to an Eastern an Eastern Washington or um, was it was it maybe it was Eastern Michigan or something? If there was there were programs that were after Gunner that offered scholarships, Central Arkansas I think was one of them. I may be wrong on that, but there there were programs that Gunner could have gone and been a really good quarterback, made a name for himself. I love that Gunner came to Oklahoma State. I loved watching him at Stillwater. I think he's a good quarterback. He's got good athletes around him. I will say the good thing is Garrett Rangel and his family understand that he is a true freshman. They don't expect him to play. There are no expectations for Garrett Rangel to play, and if he doesn't, they're going to transfer. I'm not saying that he, you know, knock on wood, <laughs> that, that he is not ever going to transfer because Shane Illingworth, I don't think we expected right. him to we transfer. Didn't. Nope. But there's, as of right now, there's no expectations from his side to play as a freshman. I think you probably, and here's the here's the thing that, that Gundy has to think about. Do I play a kid that's been in my system? Do I play a kid that knows the playbook frontwards and backwards? Do I play a kid that has a rapport with this team, but he has my name? Or do I play a four-star freshman that has a lot of hype from the fan base that had a really good a really good high school career most likely going to take over this program because if if it were me I don't know I guess you play gunner because he has experience well, but that's that that's the beauty of fall camp summer camp spring those guys they'll you can't fool the entire team we've always heard that right. you're not you're not going to fool the locker room they'll they'll tell you who they who they want you know Absolutely, at, at quarterback there, and uh, and then next year's Zane Flores just went through the QB Elite Eleven. Um, you know the articles that he played Ro- well. Articles that that Roberts written uh, he that he played well there, showed out well. It's been interesting uh, that we have had so many good quarterbacks come through here. Uh, even back to, I mean, you go back to Clint Shelf. He could throw the ball. Yeah, um, J.W. Walsh was a good was a good high school quarterback, funky throw in motion, but good high school quarterback. And then, you know, up to Mason Rudolph, now to uh, Spencer. Hey, hey, hey. You're missing Taylor Cornelius. Taylor, Corne- Taylor Cornelius. You're missing had the they, greatest quarterback had they in heard Oklahoma about State Elite 11 out there in the – No. Okay. He was too busy in the theater. Oh, really? Yeah, he was in the theater program. I did not know that. Yeah, that's not a knock. I'm just saying. No. Taylor Cornelius is the greatest Could, quarterback that never got to play. We have we've dissected this and we agree. You want to go over again? No, we agree. Oh, okay. Okay. I mean, we can, but maybe, maybe any, later. Any podcast with corn dog in it, we're gonna a have one. a we're gonna have a no, week next week where we probably need to. We can do that. Find but stuff to talk the, about. The point being, all the, all these guys, <laughs> uh, all these guys, great high school quarterbacks, yes. and yet we have no showings in the elite eleven. Yeah. Well, even Mason didn't show. Like, cause I think you have to compete in a regional, and he didn't. So, yeah. uh, Shane. I think Shane played in a regional. I don't think he competed in the finals. Right. I don't think he did. I, I think he, I think he was hurt. Okay. I think he got hurt. I think that's what it was. He was injured. 
So he may not even compete in a regional. Right. But I, and, I, and we know that he had a cannon. Because I think he had off-season surgery. So that's uh, always been interesting to me that, that we get such good recruits and, yeah. and you know, that uh, – So who do you who do you got? Garrett or, or Gunner? I would I would go Gunner. Experience. If, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go Gunner. Um, and then – He looked good it, in the It makes spring. for an awesome sound, sound bite after the game. Yeah. He looked he looked good in the spring. Yeah. He's not Spencer. You you don't have another Spencer. Spencer is as of right now, Spencer is the best quarterback in the Big Twelve. We don't know what Dylan Gabriel's gonna do yeah. at OU. You don't everything. know what Texas is gonna do, but Spencer is the best as of right now, statistically, talent wise, experience, he has he holds the title. Spencer is the best quarterback in the Big Twelve. The fall is gonna tell a lot. Sure. But you're there's gonna be an adjustment. Whoever backs up Gunner or sorry, whoever backs up uh, Spencer. Spencer is there's going to be an adjustment. Period. Yeah. Well, and I, and I was just we've talked about this before a little bit, but it's always weird to me that the way they have recruited that position more so than really any other position is it feels like they've just gone back and forth, back and forth, back and forth to a dual threat to a guy to just a strong you know pro style. Zane's a hell of a pro style quarterback. Same with Garrett. Yeah, both both, both yeah, those guys. That's are really kind topics. of the first time that you've had two in a row that are a little bit the same. The good thing is, well, three because of Shane, but he's not here anymore. But those are yeah. three straight quarterbacks you recorded, uh, recruited. But the I will say the upside about Garrett and Zane both is they are ten times as mobile as as Shane was, and that's not a knock on Shane, but that goes back to last year. Spencer was sacked what seventeen times, one of the fewest right. in the country. If Shane starts that season. First of all, you don't win nearly as many games, but Shane gets sacked 40-plus. Like, low ball, 40-plus. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I think it's going it's, it's gonna to be a lot of fun. I can't, I'm can't. i jealous that you're going to get to go to uh, Big 12 Media you Days. Wanna, I, you want to go? I can't believe they wouldn't. You want to go? Absolutely, yeah. You didn't have my spot. Really? Because you're going to have two days Excellent. of nothing but coach speak. Oh. Like, I can... I'll ask him the fun w- stuff. When we get done right here, I can probably give you verbatim what you're going to hear from each of these coaches. And it's going to be eight, nine, Next 10. Next week on the Poke Support Podcast, Zach Lancaster's impersonations yeah, of each coach. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be eight, nine, ten hours of setting in Jerry's world. It's I will say I enjoy it because it's 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 the start of the season. Big twelve media days gets here. It's we're two weeks away from fall camp. You know, I get to see people that I haven't seen in a while. I get to eat good restaurants, you know, Jerry's Ironically enough, the Cowboys provide a really good meal each day. That's Lunch awesome. is it's no, that's good. it's typically like an Italian food, um, and then the net, the last day is going to be really good Mexican food. Mm-hmm. So it's it's for buffet style, you know, using the little gas burners to heat up the food in the trays. It's really good food. I have no doubt. But other than that, if you've been to one Big Twelve Media Days, you have into them all now this one i will say this year you may see a hell of a lot more people at this year's big 12 media days because of brett yormark mm-hmm. you're gonna there will be more national and national coverage there's always a there's a serious xm booth there's a cbs there's an espn you know you get all the national you know there's a fox you know but there i national coverage of this year is going to be a hell of a lot bigger because of brett yormark new commissioner what's he got to say because this will be the first i think that is planned to be his first public statements other than what was released you know what's his direction and now all of a sudden you've got the pac-12 that's an impending implosion 
what are you going to do about the future of the Big 12? Are you going to are you pursuing schools? You don't have to say are you, you know, if you are what schools, you know, what's the plan for the Big 12? Are you going to stay pat with what you've already brought in? Like are you going to try to convince OU and Texas to stay? Like yeah, it's this is going to be a big one. So but once you've seen them, you've kind of seen them. Yeah. But it, I enjoy going down there. I'm going to stay in a nice little hotel and and uh, eat eat a good eat some good meals and probably go to Texas Live. They have yeah, really cool. They're the wings that they serve at Texas Live, the bar part, some of the best wings I've ever had. Really? Oh my god! Next time you're in Arlington, are go the to, Rangers at home? I don't know. Well, I have not looked at that yet. That next up. next time you're in Arlington, go yeah. to Texas Live and sit. Just in, don't go to one of the restaurants, but go to Texas Live, the right. bar part, and order their wings. They're spectacular. They're they're so so good. Are you looking up the Rangers? I'm looking up the Rangers. Yeah, it'd be the. I schedule all my trips around. Are there? It'd be the week of the 14th, I think. Yep. I should know the days. I'm gonna be there. You've got. You are at home on oh, Tuesday. Uh huh. And off day Wednesday, and then. Nope. Just kidding. They are at home. All week. Crap. All week. That's yeah, gonna man. be awful. Nah, you guys all have your own parking and all that. Hey, how's the like? How's the the media networking down there? Are, I mean, within the Big Twelve, yeah, uh-huh. I'm sure everybody's pretty pretty Everyone social. Pretty much. What about the national guys? Are they, are they pretty cool or are they unapproachable? Or do you depends know? on who they are. Yeah. Um, like you don't have to throw out names. Um, you, know, you get unless they're cool. So Matt Leinert was there a few years ago. He was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, Just about the hot tub. No. But he was he was pretty cool. Probably say which one. Yeah, right. Uh, Matt Liner was pretty cool. Um, trying to think uh, who all because the national people are you typically don't get to see them much because they're they have their own stages right. and they're kind of on that stage most of the day. And when they're not on that stage, they're not on the field. Probably for a reason they're not on that stage. Yeah, and they're-, they're they're back in because they have they have the national stages. And then each national outlet has their own room in the underbelly. Right. And so when they're not on stage, they're interviewing players, they're interviewing coaches. They they record all most of the pregame stuff you see the first month, all throughout August, and most of the pregame stuff you see mostly throughout September is recorded at mm-hmm. Big 12 Media Days. Now, if something changes, they're going to have to fix it. Like if someone gets hurt or someone gets right. transfer portal or whatever, or they're no longer a starter. But most of the stuff you see leading into the first game and throughout the first couple games is, is there. So um, I'd have to go through. I have to think about what Nat, I know Matt Liner was pretty cool, um, but I'd have to go through and and try to remember what yeah. national people because I know Roberts talked to a few and and he knows a few, so I've talked to a few and stuff like that. But it's a it's a fun thing. It's a it is a trip. Yeah. I enjoy, going through, fun. I enjoy going through Gainesville. That's a fun story with Scott Miller. I'll tell it sometime. But that's going to do it for the Poke Sport Podcast. We're going to get out of here. Uh, we are going to try to record before Big 12 Media Days, whether that's this upcoming week or whether that's the day or two before Big 12 Media Days. But we're going to try to record at least one more. And then obviously we're going to record after because we'll have stuff to talk about. We'll actually have content that pertains directly to Oklahoma State and directly to the Big 12. Who'd have thought it, right? Who'd have thunk it? We're, we're there. We're, we are two weeks away from basically the start of the college football season, and I am looking forward to it. But that's going to do it. For Brian Murphy, I'm Zach Lancaster. You can listen to us at pokesreport.com, Apple Podcasts, Podbean. But be sure to follow us on Twitter as well, and that's going to do it. We will talk to you next time here on pokesreport.com.